Welcome to All Things Yoga. I'm Hilary Lockwood. So today we are going to be talking about bandhas. First of all, what are bandhas, right? So bandhas are uh, locks, right? Or, you know, the joining together of two things. So essentially we're locking what? We're locking prana. What is prana? Prana is this vital life force, this energy that roots strongly downward, but then rebounds upward through all of our systems. But let's let's make that simpler. Let's let's really get to it, right? As simply put, bandhas are your internal core space. So when we think about core, like in other modalities, right? Core is this front wall of muscles, the rectus abdominis, that is then squeezed or contracted inward to activate. We don't want to do that in yoga. In yoga, this core is internal. The bandha connection is internal lift and length, not external squish or contraction. So how do we do that, right? First, we have to start to sort of train our bodies to not just use the rectus abdominis, the front wall of muscles, which is a really easy thing to do, especially if you've done other modalities in your life. You're very used to, you know, any sports or whatever, you're very used to squeezing or contracting this piece in. So it's almost this idea of learning to soften it first and then reconnecting from the deeper layers or the internal core space. If you look at the, the belly abdominals anatomically, there are four parts to the abdominals, right? It's not just the rectus. We have the rectus abdominis, we have the transverse, we have internal and external obliques. And they're all really necessary in yoga in general. We're using, or we want to use all of those pieces. Yet, we're not really trained to do that anywhere. And so we get ourselves into this problem of defaulting to the bigger muscles of the body. And then the postures can't happen the way they're supposed to, or the suppleness of the posture isn't there, which is deeply necessary in furthering your space. So bandhas, locks for prana energy, but more importantly, for the support of your body, for the internal lift and length that supports you not only on your mat, but in the world, right? So we'll start with the first one. And the first one is Mula Bandha. Mula Bandha is right at the pelvic floor. Some like to call it the trampoline. I like to say between the good stuff and the bad stuff. Some like to say it taint one and it taint the other. It truly is that spot. For those of you that know what a Kegel is, this engagement of Mula Bandha is truly a Kegel. It's the lifting in and up of the base of the spine, the lifting in and up of that pelvic floor. And as you lift it, it creates this muscular strength. So it really does begin to activate the base of the body, which then in turn allows the pit of the belly just above the pubis to do the same, to go in and up and begin this deeper layered 
internal lifting and lengthening of the body. So we can't ignore Asvini Mudra. And I think it gets ignored and misunderstood a lot of the time. Asvini Mudra is equally important. So if you think of Mula Bandha as like your Kegel muscles or the base of your spine, almost like you're trying to stop the flow of, of urine if you have to go to the bathroom. The Asvini Mudra is behind that. So that almost seems more important to me <laughs> than the other because no, I don't want to pee my pants when I get old, but I also don't want to do the other thing for sure. Feels a little more important to me actually. So the Asvini Mudra is the inside of your bottom. And it's meant to do that same lifting in and up. The trick with this one though, is that you aren't allowed to then squeeze the cheeks of the gluteus maximus together. So when you think about the front wall of muscles, your rectus abdominis, and we don't wanna contract it and squeeze it, the big part of your bottom, what we consider to be our butt mainly, if you're squeezing those cheeks together, you're doing yourself a disservice on many levels. Asvini Mudra is probably not engaged. And you're also now compressing your sacral spine. So the same way we take anatomically the four parts of the abdominals, we take the three parts of the butt, right? So the way I tell my teachers to do this is to look in a mirror and stand sideways naked at home. I do like to specify at home. So <laughs> when you stand sideways, there's a lift, the attachment hamstring to buttocks, right? And as you lift that up, you can see the edge or like the very lip of the gluteus maximus lift kind of gives yogis that little sort of bubble butt action. But then we want the center part of the bottom, the gluteus maximus, the biggest part of the bottom to soften, buttock flesh away from the waist. It's a very hard thing to do. Again, if you come from other modalities where you're used to being taught to squeeze your butt cheeks together, don't. So we have the attachment hamstring to buttocks lifted but then we have the center bottom soft, but then the minimus and medius, your side hips, one layered under the other, those are engaged toward each other. It's what I like to call the good dimple. So can you watch the attachment hamstring to buttocks lift while you soften your center bottom, while you then engage the side hips without squeezing cheeks. But then in the mix of all of this, and more importantly, we have Asvini Mudra, the lifting of the inside of your bottom without squeezing the butt cheeks together. Very difficult. It just requires, just requires practice, right? So, Mula Bandha. The way the best way truly to learn these is to engage, release, engage, release, engage, release, right? And just learn to separate them. And once you really feel your Banda action, they're hard to separate. Like Mula is hard to separate from Asvini. And then, cause you feel like once I lift the base of my body, I'm going to lift the whole base of my body. 
try to separate them. It's such a good exercise. And then we get into, once the pit of the belly gets rolled in and up, we get into then the upper belly, this diaphragmatic space, which also goes in and up. This is Uriyana Bandha. So as Mula means root source, Uriyana means flying upward. And really what we're trying to do, um, Danafari calls it like a jellyfish. Some explain it like an umbrella. The diaphragm is so amazing. As we inhale through the nose, the diaphragm drops down. And as we exhale, the diaphragm begins to lift up. It's very strong really supple, amazing muscle of the body. So as I'm engaging bandhas, this idea of Uriyana flying upward happens. If you think Mula Bandha, pelvic floor is lifted. Asvini Mudra behind it is also lifted. Pit of the belly then goes in and up. And then Uriyana on your inhale drops down to grab hold of the prana that's been lifted from the root and then pulls it upward through the rest of your core space. So up even higher through the heart, the throat, the third eye and the crown so that the whole body gets taller and you feel this incredible internal strength that's lifting and lengthening you and allowing you to grow taller rather than squishing or squeezing you inward, making you smaller. We're trying to get longer. So I've had people come to me over the decades of my teaching and say, well, many people actually say, I just went to the doctor and I gained a half an inch. <laughs> like this is a real thing. As life begins to get harder and heavier, it really does weigh on the body. And you can't pretend that energetic and physical are not do not go hand in hand. They absolutely do. The body is a direct manifestation of what it is we're holding emotionally, mentally, etc. So the body tends to get compressed and shorter and shorter and shorter. Yoga teaches us to continue to make that space between the vertebrae, to make that space between the muscles and the ligaments, the joints, so that we do get taller. So when people come to me and say, I gained half an inch, I'm like half an inch, maybe more taller, I'm not surprised. That's a real thing. But it begins with this bandha activation. So let's talk about the third bandha. And we don't use this this often uh, in like vinyasa, power yoga, ashtanga. You see it a few times show up in dandasana. It'll show up in barakonasana. It'll show up. But as you're moving more quickly, it's a hard thing to activate. Way, way back in the day, true Krishnamacharya in yoga. So Krishnamacharya was Patabi Joyce's teacher, Iyengar's teacher, Desikachar's teacher, and father. And he's considered like the guru to the gurus, the teacher to the teachers. Who knows, you know, how far back all that goes? That's a different episode. It goes really far back, by the way. Um, but in traditional Krishnamacharya yoga, this last lock right at the notch of the throat, Jalantara Bandha, was activated through almost the entirety of the practice, which is a really difficult thing to do. In your asana practice at home, maybe even right now as you're listening, just try to 
Bring the chin in and slightly down. Keep your cervical spine, the back of your neck, in line with the rest of your spine, though. Try to keep that engaged and maybe just breathe in and out the nose. That's even difficult. Then maybe try to do a couple of sun A's, keeping the Jalantara Bandha locked. So Jala, this Jalandara means net or I, that's my favorite definition, actually, like lattice, but net. So the way that I like to think about this is a net starting right at the notch of your throat and wrapping around the inside of the crown of the head and then returning right back at the edge of that net at the notch. But like any net, it's got holes, right? And this is literally to share the prana that you have to give the room to share in that particular practice. And then it catches and keeps whatever you need to keep for you. And I think that's really important. This idea of prana rooting and rebounding, we find the ground and then we pull as much up through us as we can, as much vitality, life energy, rejuvenation up through us. But then we always have that choice, right? Especially when we have the sacredness of practicing with other people, you become part of the room. You contribute to what's happening. And in the process of that contribution, how much are you sharing? How much are you giving? And how much are you actually keeping for you because you need to, right? So this is what I always say with how big are the holes in the net on that given day, right? So maybe, you know, maybe today that the holes in your net are huge and you have so much to share and give, or maybe they're quite small, like a spaghetti strainer, you know, like a little tiny or even a flower sifter, right? Where the holes are so little that you know you need to keep the majority of the prana that you cultivate for you and what you actually need on that day, that practice. Jalandharabandha is this last lock, which really allows us this amazing steady choice, right? What do I need? The feeling of how much life energy I've been able to cultivate and what can I today give to the world? And maybe that's not even on the mat. Maybe that's just really to the world today. So let's begin going back down to the base of the spine. And we're going to try a few of these little exercises. So sit up really tall. You can do this in your car too. No need to close your eyes. It's, uh, but you do need to be sitting nice and tall. So the prana is running clean. And then First, connect with or locate the pelvic floor, right? That's our first lock. That's what we're going to play with first or work with first. So tantric yoga is kind of all about this space and engaging and pulling the kundalini energy up. So when you engage, bandhas engage more strongly on exhales. On inhales, the diaphragm is being given the opportunity to drop, to collect the prana, don't think of ever really releasing your bandhas. Think of mula and asvini as staying 
connected, staying engaged the entire time. And then Uriana Banda, there are going to be moments when it does soften and release. If you, you know, think of like big, big pranayamas, big breaths in, it's going to release a little bit so that the diaphragm can truly drop down and grab hold of what it needs to. And then on that exhale, you immediately begin to feel that pull up. Any postures that any postures that uh, ask you to really, really fill that belly. So like Satyabandha bridge pose. When you inhale and we're trying to rise the belly above the knees, this really is the releasing of Uddiyana Bandha. But then immediately as that exhale begins, we're finding that place to begin to very sweetly engage this particular bandha, but hopefully the other two are engaged as well and have stayed that way. So let's start with Mula Bandha. Locate the pelvic floor, the base of your spine. And on an inhale through the nose, just fill everything up. Don't worry about engaging yet. And as you exhale, just sigh it out completely. And then inhale through the nose. And you can make these a little quicker. As you exhale, pull the base in and up. And then inhale, release. Exhale, engage. Inhale, release. Exhale, engage. Inhale, release. Exhale, engage and hold. One, two, three four, five, release completely, take an inhale, exhale to sigh it out the mouth, good breath. Ah. Okay, so now we're going to engage Asvini Mudra as well. Actually, let's do it separately. Let's engage Asvini Mudra, try, without engaging Mula Bandha. So first, really find and feel with your mind, the inside of your bottom. And think of as you're engaged, I don't want to see you rise up two inches from the floor because that means that you're squeezing your cheeks together and you're using the gluteus maximus. So let's just take an inhale through the nose. And as you exhale, sigh it out, release. And then inhale through the nose. And as you exhale, engage just the inside of the bottom. Inhale, release. Exhale, engage. Inhale, release. Exhale, engage. Inhale, release. Exhale, engage and hold. One, two, three, four. Five, inhale, release. Exhale, sigh it out, let it go. All right. So now we're going to try one and then the other. And this is difficult, but just try, see how it goes. Hopefully you're cracking up by now because that's usually what happens. Let's take an inhale through the nose. Exhale to sigh it out completely. And then inhale through the nose. Exhale, engage Mula. Inhale, release. Exhale, engage Asvini. Inhale, release. Exhale, Mula. 
Inhale, release. Exhale, Aswini. Inhale, release. Exhale, Mula. Inhale, release. Exhale, Aswini. Inhale, release. Exhale, both and hold. One, two, three, four, five. Inhale, release. Sigh it out as you exhale. I'm sure I'll get some questions about that one. So now we're going to engage Udiana. And I feel like this one is really hard to engage without at least Mula. So we're going to focus on just the diaphragmatic space. And if you want to put a, put a hand there, definitely do. It's kind of easier to feel that up and down movement of the diaphragm. This is a little um, reminiscent of Bastrika breath bellows breath. So let's take an inhale through the nose and exhale out the mouth. Just sigh it out. And then through the nose, inhale. Exhale, engage. Pull that belly, upper belly in and up. Inhale, release it, fill up. Exhale, engage. Try not to engage mula. Inhale, release it. Exhale, engage. Inhale, release it. Exhale, engage and hold. One, two, not just rectus. Three, four, five. Inhale, release. So now we're going to engage all three together. Mula, pelvic floor. Asvini mudra, inside of the bottom. Pit of the belly in and up just builds the bridge. Uriyana will get hold. All right. Let's take an inhale through the nose. Exhale out the mouth, sigh it out. And then inhale through the nose. Exhale, engage, three. Inhale, release. Exhale, engage, mula asvini uriyana. Inhale, release. Exhale, engage. Inhale, release. Exhale, engage and hold, one, two. Feel that internal lift, three, four, Five, inhale, release. Exhale, sigh it out, let it go. All right. So let's play with Jalandara Bandha a little bit. The chin goes in and slightly down. Don't drop your chin all the way down. We don't want cervical, the back of your neck, misaligned with the rest of the spine. It stays in line. So bring the chin in and slightly down. Don't worry about the others. Let's inhale through the nose. And as you exhale, think Ujjayi, just feel this gentle constriction right at that space, right at the notch of the throat. This is what helps to allow the Ujjayi sound, that ocean sound to go through. And then inhale to almost feel the vocal folds open and separate. And as you exhale, begin to feel them come together with a little in and up through the notch of that throat. Take this breath nice and long so you can really feel it. And then inhale again through the nose. As you feel these pieces, the throat expand and open. And as you exhale, this in and up from the notch as the vocal folds come slowly together to create that constriction of the ujjayi sound. Let's do one more. Inhale, fill it up, fill that throat. Don't worry about the rest. And then exhale very sweetly, feeling finding ujjayi, keeping that chin down, 
slightly in. Exhale it all the way out. Lift the chin, take an inhale. Ah. So bringing the chin back in and slightly down. Let's try all of them. Big inhale through the nose. And as you exhale, slow, mula, asvini, pit of the belly, uriana, jalandara bandha. Share what you have to give, keep what you need. Pause at the end of your exhale. Baya kumbhaka. Take an inhale through the nose. Fill up the body. Remember, Ujjayi is back body breathing. And as you exhale, feel Mula, Asvini, Pit of the Belly, Uriyana, Jalandara. Give away what you can. Keep what you need. Pause at the very bottom of your exhale. I'm going to do this one in here with you. Let's go together. Inhale. Really feel that big pull at the pause. Let's take an inhale through the nose. Ah, exhale it out. Bandhas are used through the entirety of the practice unless you're practicing true yin, right? So think about mula and asvina, asvini being engaged with the pit of the belly the entire time. It's Uriana that's going to sort of come and go and fluctuate with the suppleness and then the strength of the posture. And all of the bandhas will engage more strongly, like I said, on the exhales. And then that bayakumbaka, that retention, that pause at the bottom. But even as you inhale and you fill with full ujjayi, the antara kumbaka, this pause at the top of your breath, you still feel mula as well as asvini, the base, very much connected, and you feel how Uriana has dropped and paused there and has grab, grabbed hold of what it needs to then begin that exhale and that pulling up long of strength and support for the posture as well as for the way that you walk in the world, right? It's internal anatomical support for the structure of the body and the undercarriage and then the center, and energetically, this needs to happen as well. But anatomic, anatomical reasons, big benefits, just as many benefits anatomically, physically, structurally, as pranically, energetically. When we work bandhas, we play in this realm of like, how do I do this in the structure of my ujjayi breath and breathing ujjayi the entirety of my practice, my asana practice. If I'm practicing pranayama, the bandhas are definitely coming into play. In meditation, it's the bandhas that keep the structure of the body supported in the length of your sit so that the body doesn't begin to collapse so that prana doesn't then dissipate. Bandhas are crucial in the practice. Every system has a different school of thought. I will never understand this. And maybe Taylor or Kino or someone can elaborate. But Ashtangis, call Mula Bandha your asshole. 
the asshole is the asvini mudra. They're two separate things, but I understand it. I stand behind it. If they're saying, if they're calling Mulabanda the whole bottom carriage of your body, that makes sense because that's asvini and Mula lifting at the same time. And the idea is the same. We're trying to cultivate that lift and strength from the bottom. But I've never really understood why they're saying Mula Banda is at your asshole. It's not. It's the in-between. Asvini Mudra is that space. So everybody kind of has a, a different way of teaching it and a different way of going about it. But this is what they are. This is why we use them <laughs> on as well as off the mat. And again, deep structural reasons, whether you're a yogi or not. So you're not in diapers at 70, 80. You know, we might all be in diapers at 90. So let's let that go. But let's say 70, 80 years old, we're not in diapers. Maybe because of yoga, we won't be in diapers at 100 years old if we live to be that old. Do your bonda work. It matters. So that being said, announcements <laughs> at Hilltop Yoga Chicago. I am teaching a Bandas and Bravery workshop with a lot of this work at the end of uh, mid end of November 18th, I believe is what it is. Check the website. Um, and we'll be doing this structural work and then putting it into play in asana practice. How do I slow down a little bit to make sure that I'm using my bandhas in my asanas, even Chalandara, where it is, when it is appropriate. And we're going to play with that one a little bit too. Because again, as I said, in Krishnamacharya and yoga, uh, that was engaged the majority of the practice. Think about, and we'll do this, doing Surya Namaskaras with Chalandara Banda locked the entire time. It's pretty awesome to play with. Um, look at the website, hilltopyoga.com for all of our other workshops. Uh, I will be doing a two week, 200 hour teacher training intensive in Puerto Rico. That is online. Applications are there as well. We've already maxed out our condo that we have now. So if we get more joiners, I will be changing our venue for that teacher training. This is the same curriculum that I teach in a 10 week period of time. You will get your readings ahead of time, vocab ahead of time. Uh, we will be living and breathing our yoga. So we'll live together all in the same space and we will be working from seven to five or seven to three every day. You'll get a little break in the middle to enjoy sunshine, jump in the pool, uh, have a meal. Mm, yeah, it's going to be quite amazing, I believe. So again, that those applications are on hilltopyoga.com. Uh, that is February 9 through 24. Prior to that is our Puerto Rican retreat. We go to Fajardo. Uh, this is on a nature preserve, one of the only places in the world that you can see the bioluminescent fish. Um, Fajardo is beautiful, beautiful. It's where we went last year. We're going to the same place. This is February 2 through 6. So five days of yoga, all the yoga you can stand, probably more than you want to do, your food, your lodging for as low as $8.50. The beds go up in price from there. Of course, the $8.50, $900 beds always go first. So if you want to join us in Puerto Rico for a retreat, 
uh, check it out online. Again, it is on the website as well as on my personal website, which is, which is hillarylockwood.com. I am a travel teacher. If you want me at your studio, please check out my workshop menu as well as uh, my calendar um, on my website, hillarylockwood.com. All right, you guys, have such an amazing, amazing day. Our next in-studio 200-hour in Chicago is in March. Everything's on the site. I will see you hopefully very, very soon virtually or in person. Shanti, Shanti. You and-